HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Burlap and Barrel, a public benefit corporation working directly with smallholder spice farmers around the world to source unique, beautiful spices for professional chefs and home cooks. HRN is offering complimentary business memberships to 50 Black, Indigenous, people of color-owned food businesses this summer. The deadline to apply is July 31st. Each business membership, a $500 value, is an advertising opportunity that will allow businesses disproportionately impacted by COVID-19 to connect with HRN's listening community and promote their work. To apply and review the terms and conditions, go to heritageradionetwork.org B-I-Z. Cooking Issues, this is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from my house in the Lower East Side. We got a big show for you today. It's the 10th anniversary special, even though it was actually our 10th anniversary like two and a half weeks ago, but we're so disorganized here that we just can't get stuff done on time, as you will see for the rest of the show. Joined as usual with Nastasia the Hammer Lopez in Stamford, Connecticut. How are you? Good. It's uh, great. I- why don't you give me some tenth anniversary vibes, Stas? Happy anniversary! Yeah, yeah, you sound it. Sound, sound overjoyed. We'll overjoyed to be our here. Anniversary. What? We'll always forget our anniversary. What does that have to do with anything? Again, nobody cares about anything that happens outside of the forty-five minute window of the show. Everything else is just is just noise. You know what I mean? Anyway, we got uh, we got uh, John from Booker and Dax. Hanging in uh, Murray Hill. How you doing? Not too bad, thank you. Of course, we got uh, Matt in, the, in in his booth in Brooklyn somewhere. I'm assuming you haven't gone back to Rhode Island. I'm actually closer to, I'm in Alexandria, Virginia right now. Close to Jackie Molecules. Oh, maybe, nice. I assume. All right. Well, and for our two special guests we have today, the very first man in the booth, Jackie Molecules. How you doing? I'm great. Uh, listen Never to Jack. Jack. Jack, of course, you know, professional recording uh, personage, has a real studio mic that he's calling in on. So even though he's, you know, doing this out of the kindness of his own heart, he's going to sound the, the best of all of us. How you doing? I have a reputation to uphold, you know? Yeah, you do sound <laughs> amazing on that microphone. So smooth. You sound great, too. It's almost like being in Bushwick. You know, Aww. I was never really in the same room as you guys anyway. I was always in the booth, so it's not that different. Well, I guess, but you had that like glass, that plexiglass window that you could look into, you know? Yeah, it's true. Knock on the window when it's, things were getting out of hand. 
Um, how did you Never come? By, how did you come up with? How did we end up calling you Jackie Molecules? How did that end up happening? Oh, that's a. You don't remember that story? It's so good. I don't want to. I don't want to trash the sponsor, but there was a sponsor that offered to support the show, oh, and yeah. they had the word molecular in their name, and you were like, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm not reading that." <laughs> You're like, "If you want to read it, you can read it. You can be f-ing Jackie Molecules." <laughs> Oh, I just cursed. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, family show. Oh, Stassi God. doesn't want it to be a family show, but whatever. I'm the worst. I'm sorry. You know I, come you, from, DC, I come from a different time. It, well, also in Washington D.C., where why you want to plug your uh, you want to plug what you're doing down there? Well, I'm not doing much of anything right now because the space in which full service radio exists is uh, temporarily closed. Uh, but I do have a radio network called Full Service Radio, and uh, yeah, there's plenty of good stuff to check out there. Are you doing, are you doing, uh, you're, you're not doing it uh, from people's houses? You're like just on a hiatus or it's just the, what's going on? Mostly a hiatus. Some things are continuing. Um, I'm doing a music show every week still, yeah. but yeah. yeah, it's pretty calm. I'm cooking yeah. most of the time. Oh, what are you cooking? What have you cooked recently? I'm cooking through the Pock Pock book. Oh, nice. I just so, spoke to Andy Ricker a couple days ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great book. Yeah, I'm, I'm making trips to Falls Church and getting all the ingredients, and it's a blast. Nice, nice. And uh, our other, by the way, that w- they were a mismatched sponsor for us because, you know, they're there, they threw the word molecular. For those of you, I haven't gone on this rant in a long time because nobody has talked about this in a long time, but everyone used to call everything molecular, molecular gastronomy, molecular debaggery, molecular, you know, skullduggery, whatever it was. And it, I just used to get so ticked off by it and I would just like immediately explode. And then the sponsor came in and was like, they were called molecular something. And I said, I was like, you understand that I can't say the name of your company without also making fun of it. And Jack, yes. Jack correct me if I'm wrong. They were like, ah, we're okay with it. We're okay with it. But then when they realized I was actually going to do it every single time. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> they finally, they finally. Uh, well, so that, that, I think that's why I did the sponsor read and thus Jackie Molecules was born. Yeah, sweet. Jackie and I, I still, I, there are still moments, I mean, not now, obviously, but if I'm traveling, I go to bars and somehow it comes up. They're like, you're Jackie Molecules? What? Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's stuck. The legend, the molecules, uh, which is so funny because I can't imagine you like chilling with a whole t- uh, ton of hydrocolloids. It's just not your jam. It's not my thing, man. No. Anyway. Uh, and special guest, and this one I know a lot of people have been waiting for. And she's time limited, right? Time limited. We have life coach, friend of the show, currently from Tulum, Mexico, broadcasting out of some sort of jungle paradise, Claire Sellers. How you doing? Hi. Oh, my gosh. I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. And I just can't believe it's been 10 years. I mean, it It feels like 20, right? It feels, it like, feels like 100. Yeah. I remember when when Stoth, the hammer, first started doing this. Weren't you guys doing it, like, in a weird place? Same place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, and same place. Well, it feels like it's been a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I've loved being part of it. Excited yeah. to celebrate you all today. Yeah. Well, you know, Claire has a special skill of being able to instantly set me off i don't know what it is about you Claire. i don't either it's so it, it must have been a past life 
situation or something between us. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't really understand it, but I do know this. I know that like the last time Claire was on, which was Miss Dossie, how long ago was that? Oh god, a couple months ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Apparently Apparently I went off. Yes, you are gonna replay that one on this air right now. It was it was hard to get me back on after that. That's what I'm saying. I heard it was that and you gotta understand people that like once I'm on a roll, it's like it's like a snowball. It just gets worse and worse and worse as it goes down the hill. It doesn't get better. I don't like I don't suddenly moderate myself as I'm rolling down the hill, right? Yeah. That was bad. That almost, yeah, Claire and I had a bad friendship for a couple we, of years. Yeah, I was, that was top three maddest I've ever been at you, hands down. At me you know, You know number two. They all happen in a very concentrated period. So Stoss yeah. must have been on bad behavior during that time. Well, I mean, duh. Duh. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the real problem with that one, Claire, and you guys will have to go look this up because, again, we're not going to play it on the air is uh, that the boondoggler, Rebecca, Rebecca the boondoggler, our, our uh, flack extraordinaire for Booker and Dax, she like was on my side. I think that's what tipped it to the evil zone for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not what yeah. we're here to talk about today, Claire. No, today, but Dave, we're not, we're I... Not, we're not Dave, here to talk I about your love of Chardonnay. No, not love of Chardonnay, but are we here to talk about the Jetties? I believe that you are here today <laughs> to discuss the Vegetti Chronicles. This the Vegetti the Chronicles. Uh, for those of you that don't know what a Vegetti is, it is a spiralizer. <laughs> it is a it's something hand you jam. Help. It's a handheld. You, you jam your you jam your hard vegetable sticks into the Vegetti, twist them off, and they get spiralized. Zero anyway. calorie zoodles is the result. Okay, so <laughs> somehow Claire starts calling in with the jetty stuff, and then should we just listen to should we just listen to the clip or no? Yes. Let's just listen to let's listen to the jetty number one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> my friend just got a jetty. That is the grossest word you've ever yeah, said. Really? Ever? Do you know what it is? Yes. Yeah. Why don't yeah. you describe to our? It's a, like a spiralizer for for vegetables. I want to know <laughs> mostly only squash though. Like you can't really. No, I mean, well, I mean like squash, including like zucchinis. Yeah, yeah, that's all. And then you make like does. veggie pastas and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, pastas. Uh, what kind of non-English speaker was like Vegetti? That's a good name. <laughs> Vegetti. Jack, would you ever like knowingly eat something that came out of a Vegetti? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Why wouldn't you? I'm not going to answer that question. Oh, oh God, Vegetti. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. But anyways. You answer the question, Jack. Well, look. I, look. What about daikon? Daikon would be good in that thing, but not, not cooked. Maybe. But the stupid thing is it's supposed to be, like, healthy for you, but all the recipes say, like, use the Vegetti and then fry the noodles and then, you know. Well, I hate, any, I hate anything whose primary. I know, but it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow, Vegetti. You just threw me for a loop. You threw me for a loop. I'll tell you what I don't like. Uh, here's what I... Okay, 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 okay. okay. You know spaghetti squash? Yeah. You familiar, you familiar yeah, spaghetti yeah. squash? You can't in the 70s, in the right? 
when I first became aware of Spaghetti Squash, because that's when I first became aware of anything, because that's the, you know, I was born in 71. So uh, <laughs> what they would, people would do, and by people I mean my mom, who's a great cook, great cook, and I actually I just went to her, like, uh, I went to her, anyway, her, she just got honored recently because she started the pediatric heart transplant program at Columbia University. Who, by the way, I did not realize wow. this, did the first pediatric cardiac transplant successful anywhere. Mm. Yeah. She did that? That's incredible, Yeah, Dave. she's a cardiologist. Look, here's the thing. Everyone, uh, look, for any surgeons that might be listening, you're not going to take an, an insult. To this. Everyone's like, oh, it's the surgeon, it's the surgeon. Listen, the surgeon comes in. They cut the heart out. They put the new heart in. They, they, they sew it back together, and then they're done. Like the, the care beforehand and afterwards, right, is going to be whether or not this person lives for a long time or doesn't. You know what Come I'm on, saying? Dave, more Whatever. She's a cardiologist. Surgeon's a surgeon. Cardiologist's a cardiologist. <laughs> oh, is that the secret? You can't listen to your own anyway, tangents? Uh, <laughs> my point is uh, spaghetti squash. So my mom used to make the spaghetti squash, but the problem is spaghetti squash can be delicious – if you steam the sucker, right, or whatever, roast, whatever, shred it into its little noodlets, whatever you call those <laughs> things, and then, like, butter, like lots of butter and other stuff, maybe some crunchy stuff in. You know what it's not good as? It's not freaking spaghetti. You don't put a can of uh, or a jar of pasta sauce into the spaghetti squash. This is why they shouldn't have called it this. You know what it's I mean? It's not true spaghetti or false. squash carbonara. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. It doesn't true, right? taste like spaghetti. I was to go back to like uh, to go back to what Jack was saying earlier. One of the few things uh, I learned Am I about making about pasta. I mean, I, I may have made a lot, lot, lot of it, but you know, never I became very good at it. Was that you could add anything to it to add color, and it doesn't change the flavor. So you know, originally I would care what I added to it to, to and then eventually I'm like ketchup whatever i want it to be red i'm gonna dump a bunch of ketchup in because it doesn't matter pot like the vast majority of the ingredient is the flour and there you're not gonna get any flavor out of it. it's all left in agree stas yeah yeah the the wine santa no whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, this is very conf- it's very confusing to hear ourselves talk about ourselves over ourselves it, uh-huh, yes yeah but you know it's like mi- it's like mystery science theater except it's you in the movie as well, well well, uh, yeah, no, cl- except Mystery Science Theater, Mystery Science the- Theater episode. Yeah, exa- like, yeah exactly. Just loop. It's fine. It's, <laughs> it's like infinite regression of Mystery yeah. Science. It's yeah. insane. Listen, Claire was not <laughs> satisfied with my, and now that I listen to it, I can see why not satisfied with my clear non-response to the question of what to do with her Vegetti. <laughs> so she called back in for the Vegetti Chronicles <laughs> number two, which is actually the more important one, and I'm not able to go on tangents here because here. It is a back and forth on the phone with Claire about her Vegetti. Should we listen to it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. This, is, this is the true payoff. So uh, I hate to have to say this, but I have a caller on the line who's upset with the way you treated her Vegetti. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hi, Dave. Hello. Oh my goodness. He was so embarrassed. That's the greatest that's the greatest thing that's ever happened so, to me. So Dave, I was listening a couple weeks ago and I heard you were talking badly about the Vegetti. Uh just the name. The name. The name. But you don't trust the noodle the the product. Uh, no, you don't trust the product. You said that noodle uh stop you said that you didn't trust the product we were talking about vegetable noodles <laughs> and how they well, they're not a noodle. it's yeah. not a noodle yeah it's not yeah. i think it could be an interesting i think it could be an interesting 
Look, I mean, I think like shredded, like like daikon sh- shreds and strips are delicious, right? Yeah. Many shredded it's not things. Not shredded. Are or like strips, noodle. Spiralized. Spiralized. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You know what? All right, all right. Uh, and so you have a you have a you have a, a vested stake in the in the Vegetti device, or more just a love for it. I have a what? Are you like part of the Vegetti Corporation, or do you just have a, just just? No, have a- I just I got one because I'm you know trying to cut back on the carbs, and it changed my life. I mean, you can you can use it for everything, like um, Vegetti carbonara, Vegetti and meatballs. I mean, it's like wait, did you just say Vegetti and meatballs? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. You can do vegetti fritters. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he wants to kill himself. You ever done like sausage and vegetti, sausage in the gravy with the vegetti? I'm not gonna. I'm not, well, here's a. Here, here's a. Okay. And what's your favorite things to 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 vegettiize? Or spiralize, as you would say. What are your favorite things to uh, to spiralize in the vegetti? Uh, well, I pretty much exclusively spiralize zucchini. Of the green and yellow variety, but doesn't that just turn? I've mush? never really done anything else. I don't. I think that you know it has to be um, a little bit soft. I think that like a potato or a carrot would be a little too much for the spiralizer heat. You know. Now, how how big is the opening to the <laughs> <laughs> to the vegetti? How big is the opening to it? Like what what size of a veg can you stick into that thing? I mean, like a zucchini size. You could do a cucumber. You could do like a cold cucumber salad. So you could put a cucumber in the vagina. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Hold on. Wait, here's my question. I'm gonna, though. Dave, the, the, I'm going to send you one for your birthday. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll play around with it. We'll play around. And, and why don't you experiment with it? And then, you know, I'll, I'll call back in and we can go from there. That's a fair deal. That's a fair deal. <laughs> That's a good deal. All right, we'll do. Thanks. I, have, I haven't busted out a lot of, like, uh, we haven't done a lot of side-by-sides or, like, you know, culinary tests in the past year or so because I've been, you know, focused more on bar and the cookbook and everything and the Sears all. But we will definitely reopen our testing, uh, our te- the testing phase of our career with the Vegetti. I look forward to it. Thanks, Claire. Well, thank you. All and right. I'll say that the Sears all and Vegetti are a great match. <laughs> We'll, we'll test it for you. Uh, okay. When you send it, send, send your favorite bye, things guys. that you like to do. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. Thanks. Oh my God. Bye. So, I would like oh. to <laughs> my God. Okay. I would like to note that let's remember Claire likes a slightly soft thing to get shoved into her vajetti. <laughs> that was my takeaway. She likes, like, you know, if it's too hard... It doesn't really. It, it hurts the vegetti. You got to go with a slightly softer, like a zucchini. <laughs> that is the craziest thing ever, Claire. How much <laughs> did you realize what you were saying as you were saying it? Well, now that I listen back, I'm like, why is Dave such a perv? Oh, oh, oh! Because I had Whoa. to go such a long way to get there, right? Like it was yeah. so hidden. <laughs> the entire studio, we like could barely speak because it was so crazy. Well, I didn't- I, to answer your question, I didn't. I don't think I realized it. I never heard it. I never listened to these shows after, unless I'm on them. Wait. And go ahead. What? So I'm just, I'm I never, I never realized. I mean, yeah, it's it's highly sexual, but I don't think I realized that at the time. Uh-huh. 
So when you saw it's the kind word, of awkward. I feel a little bit uncomfortable listening with that back. I'm not gonna lie. When you yeah, when you saw the word vegetti, and they That's you were talking about name, shoving though. cucumbers and zucchinis into it, really nothing popped into your head. I mean, I'm sure something did, but I don't think to the de- <laughs> to the degree that I was articulating it at the time. I had forgotten about the slightly soft. Nastasia, you forgot that? Me too, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Claire send a Yes, I did. I'm a woman of my word, everybody. And I believe there was a Vegetti Chronicles Part 3 at some point where once we spent the entire time talking about, quote unquote, things you could shove into the Vegetti. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Yeah. I believe was the terminology that we used. Uh, Wait, or, you before, know. before Claire has to go, Claire, plug your stuff. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Plug away, plug away. Well, as you all know, if you're following me on Instagram at Claire underscore Penelope, I am a life and career coach, and I help people find more fulfilling and meaningful work and create more freedom in their lives. That's so would you, would you say you help people choose what the right things to stick into their vegetti is? <laughs> That's actually not part of my practice. But <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you considered like some sort of like vegetti consulting, like the, how to get good results out of your vegetti? No, but I mean, after this, I feel like maybe that's something I should look into. <laughs> how to love and care for your own vegetti? No, but I, it's, I, that's a great um, suggestion, Dave. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Tulum <laughs> oh, is so amazing. It's been, yeah, it's just like really nice to be in paradise and relaxing. And yeah, I'm very, very grateful. Hey, hey Claire, here's something but, you might like for entirely different reasons. You're in Tulum. To, well, so, so in Claire. Tulum, you can get the Melipona honey. That's where it's from. So like, in fact, right outside of Tulum, I've never been there, but I've seen the pictures and wish I was there. There is a, a shop, like a, a, a building that is a, the Tulum kind of honey shop. And uh-huh. inside of that, you can get the Melipona honey. Melipona honey is a, is a stingless honeybee. There's actually less sugar. It's slightly less sweet than American honey. So American, well, the rest of the world's honey, not America. The rest of the world's honey is about 82% sugar. And Melipona honey is somewhere like 70 something, so a little more than, than maple syrup. But uh, it's made by these tiny uh, stingless bees that um, are you know, becoming endangered. It's, but people think it has health and medicinal qualities. And you know I don't care or agree with any of that stuff. But I love the taste of it. And you can really only get it where you are. She went to go get some. Wow, that's... No, no, Dave, do you know what's so crazy? I'm not even kidding you right now. I'm, lo- I'm going to send you guys a picture. I'm looking at a sign. It says, did you know these bees are called melipona and do not sting? They are not harmful. They are also known as the Mayan bees. They were raised by the Mayans. The honey they produce is rich and used as medical treatment in the Mayan community. There's a sign right here. And my friend got, wait, she must not have gotten stung by one of those, but she did get stung by a bee the other day. But anyway, well, not that kind I would of love to source that honey for you. Oh, well, here's the thing. Why don't you know what? If, here's what I want you to do since you're down there, Claire. And yeah. since you're an Give entrepreneur, here's what you should do. I am. Is, a, is look on eBay in the United States and see how much people are charging for that. And then like, that's it. That's your, that's your money now. 
wait, that's your Dave, money right Actually, there. I'm very interested. Maybe we could partner together on that. I don't that know. You got to be careful. I don't want to exploit. I, like, here's the thing. I, I know someone who knows someone who knows someone who used to smuggle in that stuff. But you, we don't want to be in a in a quinoa situation where, like, you know, all of a sudden, no one who has you know culturally depended on this honey for centuries can't afford it anymore because some jerkweed in in San Francisco or New York wants to buy it all. You know what I mean? Oh no, we wouldn't. We would do it ethically for sure. Let me do some research, talk to some people, and then we can definitely regroup on that. I love the idea. Stoss, that would be fun for us to do together, too. <laughs> <laughs> no. do, you know, do you know that the very first business that Nastasia ever started was actually with me? Uh, do tell. Well, it's called Borrowed Horses. And it was, what? we got the idea because I have photo proof of this. So I got the idea, well, we got the idea because we were working in Switzerland where we met, in case you don't know our origin story, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but we met working in Switzerland and we found, we were cooking for like 150 foreign children and at this camp. And we saw, we were going on a walk one day and we saw this field and there were all these horses in the field and I'm a somewhat accomplished equestrian, some would say. And so I just like hopped the fence and started riding these horses and Nastasia like took all these pictures. She never rode them, I think. But it was just like the most magical situation ever. And so then a few weeks later, we were on the beach in the south of France and on the back of a baguette bag, we wrote out our business plan for this like food experience company called Borrowed Horses. And we actually found the email the other, like a few weeks ago. And the stuff that we put on the menu was just like shameful. Like it felt like it was from the 90s. It was so like not cool anymore. But that well, was- Like beat, beat and goat cheese salad while you steal somebody's horse? You know they kill was- horse thieves. <laughs> well, I, w- I made friends with the farmer after. Uh-huh. Friend it's hard farmer. to get mad at me. You're the only person I know who actually gets mad at me, Dave. That can't be true. Literally, I, I honestly can't think of the last time anyone was mad at me except you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not, not allowed to kidding. talk about it, but okay. Well, Stoss gets mad at me, too. Well, let's not forget. I mean, okay, okay. I'm not going to bring up the Count Chocula. I won't bring up the Count Chocula. There will be no oh, mention. Yeah, but with Count I. I freaking bought her five boxes of Count Chocula to replace the half bag I ate. Listen. I still don't understand that. When you punch yourself in the face, it doesn't mean you didn't punch that other person in the face first. I don't. You boil someone's anger over, you boil their anger (laughs) over, and then you do something to make up for it. It doesn't actually make up for it. Nastasi, am I right on this or no? Yes, it does. We're not getting into it. Claire, we appreciate. That is so illogical. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Nastasia is building up all year. She's like, it's going to be Count Chocula time. It's going to be Count Chocula time. And then, like, she she buys the Count Chocula. She, like, puts flowers around it. She makes, like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like in that movie Midsummer, like, the flower garland around it. And people are getting murdered all around her. But the Count Chocula is in its own cabinet. Yeah. It's like, Count Chocula. She comes back and boom. Talk about this. Desecrated. 
smeared Wait, but, with face cream. But can I also just, I, I don't even like remember how this came out, but just for sake of painting the full picture for the audience here, since I know they typically do side with me, <laughs> I was actually on a train at three o'clock in the morning from New York City to Connecticut to go be with my friend, my dear friend, Nastasia to go be with her so that I could be present in the early morning to help her set up for our Halloween party. That's an interesting lie to tell. You know the and train yeah, stopped at I one. Yeah, I did need a snack. You know the train stopped before three? What, Amtrak? Metro North doesn't. I, it was literally like, it was literally the middle of the night and I was on a train in Connecticut, on the way to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. all right. And this I took a like car, lies. a cab, whatever. No, it, it, no she it's was on the true. first morning train. So I hope that that makes you something. just just sit with that. No, um, you know when you're when you're thinking about the no, situation, just sit with that. <laughs> I'll sit with it. Yeah, because I mean, I can already tell by your energy that you feel bad. So I think. <laughs> Thank you, Claire, for coming on. I really miss you so much and yeah it's just always so nice to be on the show and to be with you guys and you know to connect in this way well, if there's think, ever Dave? a live show again you can you're welcome back anytime Claire oh Dave I love that we're ending on such a high and special note <laughs> Don't I like you? that a high note is not, I never want to speak to you again. A high note is you're welcome to come back on the show. That, and I'll I'm take honestly it, I'll take like, I'll come back next week. Yeah. You can't get a plane over here, but I, don't, I mean, uh, on this kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so uh, next time though, you know, come up with something fresh to set me off. I'm sure it'll be easy for you because you have well, a magic I ability. Actually, I'm just going to tee that up right now because right. I've been doing something very interesting called food combining. Um, have you ever heard of that? No, go ahead. <laughs> it's where, and Stas, Stas, well, Stas knows this. I did a 22-day detox, and part of it is doing food Wait, combining. Wait, what? So I did a Say that again. I did a 22-day like food um, detox. So it, What were you so detoxing from? All the bad things that we eat. So it's like SOS free, salt, this milk, sugar free. Salt, oil, sugar free, SOS you, free. You know and your body doesn't function without salt. You know that, right? Actually, you know you Dave, can't get your ion channels going without salt. Yes, Brain you won't can. Function. There's not an there's not a food in the world that doesn't have some level of sodium in it. That's right. like a scientific fact. Do you have salt-induced uh, high blood pressure? No, but I take iodine supplements. Why? Because you don't use salt? Well, I've started to use salt since. Are you familiar but with the with the, the Three Six Mafia song in which they eat so many shrimp they get iodine poisoning? And then if you go research that, the number of pounds of shrimp required to get iodine poisoning is like 50 or 60 pounds of shrimp in one sitting. Oh, love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a song? It is, and it is the greatest, uh, it's the greatest blimp shrimp rhyme couplet I think that has ever been uh, sung by any group ever. Wow. They keep the yeah, dope fiends higher than that. the Goodyear blimp. We eat so many shrimp. And notice, they didn't, 
end on the shrimp. They mm-hmm. built the rhyme into the next line. Keep the dope fiends higher than the Goodyear blimp. We eat so many shrimp, we get iodine poisoning. Yes. And amazing yeah. use of the correct plural shrimp and not shrimps. Yeah, well, I think we all know it. I, I think we all know that shrimps is not a word. What shrimps? I <laughs> I I will like in in when I'm by myself, I will say shrimps. Yeah, me too. I don't. Is that even a word though? I mean, I don't know. I won't say it in public. In public, I know it's shrimp, but to myself, I'm like shrimps. <laughs> what are you gonna have tonight? <laughs> shrimps. Like that. <laughs> I mean, I like shrimp. You know, there's right. a British. There's. I just saw there's a British women's wear clothing design brand called Shrimps. <laughs> of course, there is. <laughs> Shrimps.com. Let's free, Shrimps. free, free plug for them. Claire. Oh man. So I, I, I don't want to get into this detox because I'm going <laughs> to lose my mind. The whole idea I don't of get detoxing. Into it I'm vibrating so fast that I could play the Flash on TV right now. You know, I hate the idea of detoxing. And I want to, I want to, I want to write a whole book on retoxing because I think that we all need to retox up, right? Well, I really just wanted to tee that up for you. It's not like, it's not like, whatever, I'm not going to get into it, but let me ask you this. What is your favorite shrimps preparation? Um, like very simple with olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, done. Raw? One minute eat. No. Sauteed. Okay. Sauteed. With olive oil, shell on, shell off, head on, head off, off, off everything off. Ooh, okay, for sure. Right. Um, okay, like I really do have to run, but I'm definitely going to. You no, that's disgusting. That's like actually what? repulsive. You be, you've been to Spain. You've never had the, the the awesome head-on shrimp where you rip the head off and suck on the head. I do it if it's necessary, but not by because I enjoy it. Stas, what do you think about sucking the head of the shrimp? I'm going to leave you guys on that note. Dave, I love you so much. It's such an honor to be here for y'all's anniversary. And I'm so excited that Dave and I are, you know, back in cahoots. And, yeah, excited to continue the journey for another 10. Let's do it. Amen to that. Stab me. All right. Sending you all love and blessings from Tulum. Bye, Claire. Bye. Bye, Claire. <sighs> I, I know what you did, Dave, by the way. You you career coached Claire about the honey plan. Oh, my so God. So you've, like, you've become the master. See that? See that? I don't even think she uh, realized what was happening, that you usurped her. Good <laughs> well, job. Well, you know, I like, to, I like to slip around, slip around. I take, the, I, I take the, 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 the back road around there. Anyway, all right. So uh, D.B. Nichols wrote in. Uh, Matt McGowan, uh, one of my cooks gave me the but is it a sandwich line and I was prepared with a capital P because of all of our screaming about sandwiches. Thanks for the memories. We're not going to get into the sandwich debate, correct, Stas? Right. Yeah. Somebody else also said that uh, <clears throat> Sergio Torn wrote in and said, favorite moment is, is me giving a dictionary description of a sandwich and defending it with lawyer's arguments. Okay, listen, listen, listen. Uh... Okay, okay, okay. I gotta calm down here. Let's let's just let's look at this in a, from a number of different perspectives. Okay. Define sandwich, Don. I believe a sandwich involves two things of starch. Oh, 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 oh. rice. Something in between. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. squished rice. Not letting him. All right, all right, all right. Arranged horizontally. 
I think you okay, can make so things with rice crackers. Oh, no, 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 no. That is a no, 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 no. No, no. You could make a. You could make a. What is it? A, a ma- rich, rich crackers with peanut butter. Is that a freaking sandwich? <laughs> is matzah with peanut butter in between a sandwich? A, you know what an Oreo is? A sandwich cookie, Indeed. not a sandwich. So sandwich is an adjective as well as a noun. Sandwich is a category of, 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 the, of the way you stack. First of all, it could be a bad sandwich. No, no, no. First of all, sandwich you don't want. Sandwich is sandwich is made here. Here's. Sandwich is with bread, bread, bread. Once, once again, I go. I go to the matzah example. Then it is the, the the bread of suffering. It is the you know. Are you going to deny the Jews their bread when they're running away from the Egyptians? Two pieces of pizza flipped on themselves. Are they a freaking sandwich? <laughs> Only if there's something in between, but it's not pizza. So is a calzone a sandwich? No, because it's oh, round. It's calzone. What? It's like it's like a burrito. What? Burrito, definitely not a freaking sandwich. Clearly, much like a wrap. Oh, yeah, oh, a calzone. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quesadilla, not then, because it's it's folded. Okay, here's the question then. What about a freaking if if you if you were down to the last slice of bread and you wanted to make a sad grilled cheese and you folded that last piece of bread in half with cheese and you made it on a griddle, is that still a grilled cheese? If you believed in God, you would cut the bread in half rather than <laughs> fold it. But or even if you were an atheist with like a iota of self-respect yeah 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 you know what i mean it's like but i don't know that this folded thing for instance a lobster roll is a sandwich and it's made on a split bun definitely not it's a freaking sandwich is a hot dog a sandwich then obviously not i mean in other words it is a sandwich but it gets its own category right it gets its own category the only only thing that gets its own category is hamburger hamburger gets its own freaking category what's a patty melt what's a patty melt it's a kind of hamburger my question whoa, is, whoa, whoa. is it now a matter of horizontal versus vertical and how you actually consume How would you construct a, a vertical quesadilla? No, the, 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 the hot dog is vertical. Or, or long, oh, then it's wide. Split, the split in the bread is vertical is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. So whereas a Italian sausage so when, know, on a, on so a when you buy a crappy horizontal. when you buy a crappy hot dog freaking bun and you open it too much to toast it because you're one of those people that toast their freaking hot dog buns right and it breaks into two and you hand them that crippled hot dog that falls through the thing is it now a freaking sandwich no so you have be- to hold it sideways no because if it's fallen through it's still vertically stacked. It's not horizontally well, stacked. So, but then if you have to like if you rotate, turn, it, if you, 90 if you rotate degrees, it 90 degrees, yeah. now, then it's a sandwich? Now, now, you, now you have a failure of a hot dog. So the Oxford Dictionary, what do we think? An item of food consisting of two pieces of bread. Two pieces. Mm-hmm. With meat, cheese, or other filling in between them. Eaten as a light meal. <laughs> so, what the hell? So, so would you say that a, Oxford. That, that a It sub, shows what they know. Is, Oxford, is by the way, not a sandwich? Oxford English Dictionary, world-renowned for being crappy when it comes to definitions of food or <laughs> etymologies related to food yeah. or historical timelines related to food. So world-renowned for being the worst. Where should he go? Where should he go? To life. To life. <laughs> the company Subway, right? Do they manufacture sandwiches? A sub is a subcategory of sandwich, yes. Even though they're not split all the way in two anymore? Look, in the old days, they would take the knife and they would go, shippy, 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 and rip the V out, and then the V would be a pseudo top to it. Now, they just slice it in half because they're too inept to use the V slice anymore, and that's why if you get a Subway now versus a Subway 15, 20 years ago, it used to be you could eat them without it spraying all over the inside of everything, and now everything sprays everywhere because it's just so nasty. I have no idea how you eat a Subway sandwich that's spraying everywhere. (laughs) 
Because I get lots of toppings. I enjoy mayonnaise and mustard. And so, like, this stuff, like, they, they put it at the end, and it freaking extrudes out of the side. Of, the most important thing in sandwich is not the definition. It's the construction, the layering that goes into a proper sandwich. It's true. It's true. The worst thing you can do somebody is to silo their uh, burrito. Have you ever done this as a joke? No, what is it? When you give them, when you make a burrito for somebody, you make them in silos of all the different ingredients the, the wrong way. No, but that shows why a burrito is a piece of crap. <laughs> because it's got the too much freaking, like, I want my rice and beans separately. I want a small object, like, that I can consume. Burritos, burrito, first of all, uh, like, a burrito is an inferior chimichanga, Right. And an inferior – it's like an inferior – it's an inferior product, no? It's an inferior product. I agree. Yeah. What do you think, Ariel? Inferior to what? Well, like for instance, like it would be better just if you deep fried it and turned it into a chimichanga. That's true. I would always rather have like two or three tacos than a burrito. Oh, 100% of the time. Yeah. 100% I'd rather have taquitos than a burrito. Yeah. I'd rather have enchiladas even though it's totally different than a burrito. And I would, ra- I would rather have quesadilla frankly than a burrito. But is it a sandwich? Quesadilla? Here's another thing. Like, is, a, is an open-faced sandwich, even though it's called open-faced sandwich, a sandwich? Yes. Not according to the Oxford English Idiots. I would say yes, because the normal form is closed, and you have to denote that it has been opened. But it doesn't serve – they don't Whereas, serve it with next But don't a sandwich you have to eat with your hands? Ooh, here's an interesting question. Mm. Bill de Blasio would say you can eat anything with a knife and fork, oh, including boy. pizza. <laughs> well, like in – wrong about that. In, in Denmark, where I usually live, we have, like, open-faced sandwiches, uh, see, I disagree with you. You, which I, are impossible to eat with your hands. You, but like, the, literally cannot. But a smorgas cannot. is never meant to be a closed sandwich that you may or may not open. A smorgas is always open. Oh, yeah, smorgas is always, always open. open. It is the net, the normal form of a smorgas is already open. Yeah. So you didn't take a sandwich and open it to make a smorgas. It always but then if open. you ask a Danish person what a smorgasbord is, they're, oh, open-faced sandwiches. But why would you ask Wait, that, a Danish person that? They're just being polite. They're trying to translate it <laughs> because they all speak English, and they're not worried about the, like, the, the, the nicety, the fine points of the language, right? I mean, right? And we're putting it in, putting it in for reference for the people. It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to show up. It's going to show up. Now, Justin wrote in and said... Uh, uh, of the all of the dumb song things that I bust into. By the way, you missed it uh, before when before we were live. I was doing some uh, Dan Fogarty stuff, right? I was doing my Dan Fogarty imitation. But uh, <clears throat> Justin's is my uh, favorite. Is my Bobby Womack's uh, 110th Street stuff. But I don't even. Oh, yeah. We couldn't find it. We looked for it and we couldn't find it. Someone I forget who it was. One of our uh, listeners very kindly machine transcripted everything, but. Oh wow! The machine, the, yeah, yeah. You can search it, uh, uh, John. What's the website? Do you know? I think it's just cooking. Uh, cooking issues transcript dot com. Yeah. Wow. All right. But like, for instance, and this is now my favorite thing ever. I can't believe I didn't introduce oh, so her good. as such. Nastasia is is transcribed by the machine as Miss Tasha the Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, Miss, Miss Tasha the Lopez. I didn't. Oh God, I didn't look at enough of them to know that. That's great. The Lopez, and then sometimes it's like Miss Tasha the Lopez the Hammer. Like it's like some series of titles, which I love. You think you could ever go with Miss Tasha the Lopez? No, no. no. I mean, you will in the show notes for this show until I forget to stop. Yeah. Doing it Has anyone that. ever called you Tasha? No, no. Oof. Hmm. What's the worst of all of the manglings of your name? What's the worst? Natasha. I don't like Natasha because it's so lazy and it's as if they don't see the S's mm-hmm. or 
they're not even looking at the it's it's crazy there's no h that stands out you know i, I don't understand lazy i have i have been in meetings with you where mm. i will say hey nastasia and then they will say natasha and i'll be like hey nastasia and then they'll be like how many times has that happened to us a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot yeah it's like because people are no better and i can't say their names or they'll start talking but the a word that amazon uses and the s word that apple uses like one of my oh. gripes they, they they kill john's name they kill nastasia's name and i will sit there i will pronounce it correctly it will hear what i am saying right and then it will assume that it knows better than i do and it will mispronounce their name back i hate it <laughs> i hate it like john john i'm like call you know call pronounce your name correctly for the people Jean or John, yeah. And and the and the last name. Nihul. Right. John Nihul. Now, will you say that to C to okay. When you say that to the <laughs> S person, she's like, you say it just like that, and she's like, calling Gene Nahow. I'm like, no, you jerk. Anyway. <laughs> jerk. Um yeah. yeah, she's terrible. She's a terrible person. Um What's Nastasia? Do you have a favorite dumb thing that I sing over and over? I love that one. Mm. I like I like when you do um, Ario Speedwagon stuff. Uh, uh, yeah. Can't think of who else. All right. What's okay? We, what What's whiter, Ario Speedwagon oh, or Boston? Really, no, no. You know what I really like? I really like your association stuff. Oh my god! It's because. That's because we were sitting there in yes. in the house where they had recorded. Did they they did Cherish in that house? Where which ones did they do in that house? I think they did all of the like Cherish and uh, Wendy and. Oh, um, which, by the way, Wendy. When you were a kid, didn't you think it was Wendy? No. Ding 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 ding. I bet you Claire likes that freaking song. Are you gonna do 110 Street right now? I don't know. I don't know whether I'm. Yeah, feeling we don't it. have the clip. You gotta do it. You gotta do it live. I don't know. I don't know I'm feeling it. We'll see. Uh, we'll see I like this one so much that I kept it, and here we go. If through Chester you should jaunt, go to Grano Arso's restaurant. Oh yeah! There's my man uh, putting out some props for my man uh, Joel Gargano, who, by the way, did a heavy metal cooking issue thing, which we couldn't find to queue up right now. Oh, but no. he did the cooking issues. Go! Remember that oh, one? Oh my God, Stas did not. Uh, uh, she's not, not her. It's not her kind of music. Not down with the metal. It's, just, it's not her kind it of music. Proves the kind of audience that listens to us if we use that kind of song. Wait, wait. Say what? It just goes out to the demographic of who our audience is when we use that song. So, Jackie, so the, the current, like that is, I believe it was Jackie Molecules did a non-copyright, non copyright. No, that BMI wasn't me. Aspect. That was another listener. I don't know who did it, but oh, some, really? generous, some generous listener put that together. Right, because the original we were using was the cocktail jazz, uh, you know, great Amos Milburn's vicious, vicious vodka. Oh, you dirty rat. Vicious, vicious vodka. Oh, you dirty rat. He also did such classics as milk and water, milk and water. Now. Um, I don't know if you can tell this most of his songs about drinking or eating, which is why cocktail jazz, by the way, for as much as people make fun of that, uh, whole genre of music as, as an art form for someone who likes songs about food and drinking, like that's all they're about. You know what I mean? Hey, like, I'm trying to play jazz on the piano, and I'm really good at it. Really? Really yeah. good at it compared to whom? Um, 
compared to you self. a week ago or compared yeah. to someone who does it professionally? I thought I was good, but I guess I'm not saying you're not good. I'm wondering what you're what you're judging against. In other words, are you saying that you're making rapid progress? Or are you saying you're ready to play out? I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. I'm making rapid progress in my jazz playing. Ah, that's awesome. You should play for us. Where's the wizard? Yeah. No, I don't feel like it anymore. Oh, man. What? Oh. Come on. What kind of jazz? Nothing. Oh, give me a... What the heck is this? <laughs> I was just trying to get a read for where you were, and now all of a sudden you're going to get all insulted? Let's move on with the show. What? She's just trying to, she's trying to like do that to again to make me look bad. You walked but, into the trap, dude. I did. I walked into the trap. What's is your is keyboard? what keyboard do you have? Do you have a real piano or a keyboard? I can't remember. Keyboard. What keyboard do you have? Um, I'm upstairs right now. I don't know what it is. But does it have like touch sensitivity? Is it like a nice one? Yes. Yeah. You want to say it's if if it's better than. We we got you know how like uh, everyone like for an entry level keyboard for years would buy the Yamaha because their piano sounds were the best sounds for the money. Anyone know what I'm talking yep, about? Yep, yeah. yep, yeah. So I have one of those, uh, you know, and Booker refuses to play it. So if you want, if if you are not happy with your piano sound on your keyboard, you can use. And I forget whether it's a full 88 or whether it's like one octave short. I can't remember. I'd have to look at it, but. Yeah, I like, I, like mine. I think mine's a Yamaha, but yeah. Oh, yeah. It, what, what? I guess it's because they make pianos for a living that they were like, we're going to get this piano sound just right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when you say jazz piano, we're going to go back to this because I'm not going to let it go. What era, what style? Well, I have to play a lot of, basically, I'm just learning jazz chords. So I had to do... Um, What happened? Did we just lost her? Did she run downstairs to get the keyboard? <laughs> got so excited she's, talking she's about like, jazz chords. I have to do it like this. She just like she turned into a cloud. She like vaporized. That was crazy. Anyway, uh, that's I don't know. I don't understand it. She was like literally in the middle of talking about the chords. Well, I remember Nastasia. Well, like, that was her recent, last appearance on Cooking Issues. That was it. Like, she's just she she vaporized. She she turned to a vapor. The deep state jazz lobby didn't want the secrets <laughs> revealed, and uh, yeah, he's been. They're bleeding. like, they're like, no one talks about the fake book, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Damn, I love the idea of Stas playing jazz piano. That rocks. Well, so the, the, like that's the question. I'm wondering whether she's like getting interested because it's kind of a sad time to get interested in playing jazz because how are you going to be with somebody else? Do, are people getting online? Is the latency low enough that people can get online and play jazz with each other? Oh, definitely, yeah. Definitely not, right? Can it no, be? I no, I don't know. I don't think so. But, you know, sitting around the house playing some nice seven, nine chords, it sounds cool. Spices yeah, yeah, things yeah. up. It also gives saying, you something to look forward to. You'd be like, I'm going to get good enough of this during quarantine that I could go sit in with some people once I'm allowed to do that again. That's how I learned bass, by the way. I was uh, I was at home uh, huh? in the hey. summertime. Oh, she's back. back. My computer went on the Wi-Fi network that isn't my Wi-Fi network. And then it... <laughs> mm, I see. So we were saying, like, so is... Like, uh, I'm assuming that what's, what is interesting, because Nastasia, I'm going to tell you a secret about Nastasia. That Nastasia loves reading musicians' uh, biographies. Yeah. So, is it that you love the idea that like they're all improvising together at the same time? 
why I like playing jazz? No, you know why? Because I realized, so I learned piano when I was little, but I never learned chords and chord progression and stuff. And I realized that when I play music, I do not think about anything else. I am so focused on it that I don't, my mind just stops thinking and I really like that feeling. Oh yeah, that's why I like playing music, but, I, but it only works for me when I'm playing live. Yeah, it works for me whenever I play. It also works for me when I'm giving talks. But my brain is, when I'm giving a talk, my brain is basically off and I'm a, I'm a complete stream of consciousness. I don't know if, I don't know if that's clear. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Uh, geez, Louise. All right. Uh, Jenny Calamus wrote in and said, uh, favorite thing is when I go into a tangent and it leads to another tangent. Well, you're welcome. Wow, what an enabler. Uh, what an enabler. Yeah. I know. Yeah. The vast majority of cooking issues duration well it's just tangent after just tangent. tangents on tangents yeah inception tangents on top of tangents yeah. inside of another tangent well you know whatever um all right uh we got to figure out apparently nastasia uh james hine wrote and said that we were going to write a searsall cookbook oh piper was supposed to do that here's what happened he quit <laughs> <laughs> that's that and there endeth the cookbook. Oh, look, <laughs> I, I, I'm supposed to write a cookbook for uh, Norton, Nor, uh, Norton and Norton about the miracle of moisture management, and I am indeed working on it, but like the odds that I write a Searsall cookbook um, on a scale of like, of like laughably low to zero, I would say like, what do you think, Stas, zero? Yeah, zero. You're not writing that. You're not even going to write your f***ing <laughs> sous vide cookbook. Yeah, laughable. Oh, cursing. I am writing it, and it's not going to be just about sous vide. I've decided it's not just going to be about sous vide. It's about the miracle of moisture management. Do you hear nothing? So you're going, so it'll be out in like 10 years. Why are you so mean Ooh. to me all the time? John, what do you think? Want to play some bets? Yeah, laughably low. Let's play low. some bets. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, are, we, are we talking about my, my book or the Searsall book? Uh, your book. Yeah, now we're taking bets on the timeline for release Ooh. on moisture management. Yeah, Miracle of Moisture Management. I don't know. I'll say two more years? Okay. Let me just tell you. Let me just tell you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me tell you how this works. For those of you that have never written a book before, and maybe it's changed since the COVID. I don't know. You write the book. After you write the book, you then do the... Uh, you then do the, uh, the photos for the book. Some people shoot at the same time, whatever. Once that's done... Once you hand it in, it's about a year before it comes out. Now, you might not believe this, but because you're used to like something happening in the news and then like there's a book about it the next week. That is a whole different style of publishing than people do for cookbooks, right? So like those like, you know, straight to paperback or like mass market fast things like they, you know, they hire a reporter who, you know, wakes up, starts typing, you know, the stuff comes out of their word processor, basically edited. They takes, you know, minimal stuff, minimal design work, shoved into a book, printed instantly and sent out so they can do a book in a couple of weeks. But real, real, like regular books, like from the minute I hand it in, it is a year before it comes out. So your bets are when I hand it in or when it, when it is actually on the presses and people can get busy not buying it. My bet is 10 years, people can buy it. You're so mean. So mean. I'll probably She's say so like three years to write it, a year to get the photographs done, because I know how long it's taking you to Photoshop those pictures for 
Amazon. No, hey, people, I stopped doing that. Here's the thing. If, just so you know, if it doesn't happen, it means I'm not doing it. I'll, I showed, okay, so here's the thing. We sent out, so we make some products. The Searsall, is it blessedly back in stock yet or no, Stas? No. Okay. Soon though, right? Any day now? No, hopefully. Anyway, the Spinzol is out of stock. We, you can no longer purchase a culinary centrifuge. And we've been, the, the factory is this long sob story. They, they changed factory buildings. The company did. Literally, there are giant metal molds that are used for them to inject the plastic in for our parts that we paid unconscionable amount of money for. Right, Saz? Yes. Like for those of you that have built things in the past, like professionals, like we spent like 10 times as much as we were supposed to on tooling. I have, I have caused like uh, people who are experienced in this to do spit takes when they hear how much we paid for the tooling. Laughably, it's because at the time our agent was a company that was taking a much bigger cut. They were buying it from someone who was taking a much bigger cut. So by the time it got to us, we were paying like three times normal normal price. So we pay this unconscionable amount of money for these giant hunks of metal that are used to inject the parts to make the uh, spins all, and they straight up lost them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they straight up lost them. They couldn't find them. They're like, hey, hey, we don't know where they are. We'll find them someday. But the good news is you're not a priority. <laughs> oh, is that basically how it went? Yeah. So they have found them. And here's wow. another thing. Here's another thing you might not know. In every factory for everything like this, there is straight up, this is real, a set of binders with the pieces of paper in it that have all of the things that they have to do to make a product. This screw is this, it's made out of this, this is this, all of the testing, all of that. They also lost the notebook. But I think they found the notebook, right, Stas? Right. But we don't yet have uh, um, a, what's it called? A, an ETA on when they can make a batch because we're trying to negotiate with them to make a couple of changes. Don't worry, still backward compatible people. But um, so we don't have any real word on when that's going to come back. So we did some, some product shots for that, for the Searsall, uh, and for the, this, you know, the cocktail cube, the, the little texturizer cube. But the thing is, is that that was kind of an added bonus picture. We didn't know that people were going to, you know, that we were going to get that shot. They, and so they, they put branded liquor bottles in the picture and then defocused it a little bit, thinking that was enough. But any liquor person would look at the label and be like, oh, that's that. You know what I mean? And it's not cool to have other people's products in your product shot. So then I was like, well, I could go into Photoshop and just, you know, erase the label. But then it looks weird. Right. And so I looked at it. I'm like, that looks weird. I don't know what to do. And so every, literally every day, Nastasia has, and this is true, every day, Nastasia has John call me and say, Well, no, she doesn't tell me to do, I mean, yeah, no, I do that to, it's part of your work. I'm reminding you to do it. Yeah. But yeah, until I figure out how to make it not look weird, I'm just not going to do it. Okay. But like, I appreciate the, the writing. No problem. <laughs> uh, uh, so Scott wrote in and said that uh, his favorite thing was uh, when I argued that the cumulative cost of a family cereal consumption over time is the same whether everyone shares or each person gets their own box. 
Wow, I don't even remember that, but that is true. Uh, at this point, I knew his genius and have listened ever since. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, and he adds, Alas, it did not erase the scars from the ridicule I faced from fishing for prizes in family cereal boxes over the years. Now, you guys who are, who are left with us, what are, your, what are your policies on diving for the prize? As a kid, I was definitely pro. I would try I mean, and get in there before my siblings could. Yeah, yeah, of course. As a kid, it's yeah. the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. I was an only child, so for me, like, I was going to get that dang prize anyway. We weren't allowed. We weren't allowed to do that. We had to wait to see which, either my brother and I, which one it would fall out in on its own. Nastasia, I've known you a long time. You're telling me that you didn't set yourself up for success? No, I didn't. I was a really good child. Hmm. So when did you change? With you, I guess. <laughs> I say the same thing about you. You're saying that like, we bring out the worst in each, in each other? I guess. Awesome. Uh, I used to, when, I, when your problem when you're a kid is you do the fist, you fist the cereal and you go in and somehow the box never looks flat enough again. And then how good, I became very good, even though I was an only child, I'm also, I don't know if you know this, I'm impatient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, like, I would sit there and take the box and go on the sides of it and make it kind of flat again. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I can imagine. I, yeah. You really wanted those. Were those toys that good? They were that good, huh? Yeah. All right. No, they were always disappointing. Yeah, but they the, were horrible. The, 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 the wish for them. All right. Yeah. We, we, one, one second. What are, your favorite, what are your favorite cereal toys that you've ever received? I, think I actually so. don't recall any of the specifics of cereal toys. Yeah, Low quality maybe. individual there, Matt. Silly Low putty. quality. Nastasi, what do you got? Silly putty. You got silly putty in cereal? Yeah. Yeah, what? How? That's, That's pretty awesome. Little, 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 a little one, you know. That's amazing. Oh, and speaking of, speaking of someone else's favorite, here's Booker. He can't hear you, but here's Booker on our 10th anniversary show. Booker, say hello. Hi. Hi, Booker. Booker, by the way, is like hello. eight feet taller than I am now. Booker is like six foot like one or something crazy and this is exclusively off of eating sushi and candy <laughs> like sushi and candy is all the kid eats and yet he's still like way taller than i am what a life right sushi and candy um silly putty that is so badass huh what about you jack what do you got i feel like Zero some kind of action figure usually right that was all i can really so remember some like no action figure though, right? It's just a piece of oh, cardboard yeah, totally. with like a rivet in it. Yeah, or like no a boot moving parts. For like sure. a boot, like a bootleg troll or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst was that when they said it was a prize inside, but it was something that you had to then actually cut the box apart and like put together with some sort of like Joker thing that was inside oh, the box. Oh, the worst. 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 What about you, John? What do you got? What do you got for cereal prizes? I don't remember anything good other than just like those crappy wash off tattoos. Oh, those suck. Let me, yeah. let me, let me, I thought you were going to pull up, me, 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 I was in Paris, we don't have those cereal prizes. No, they, the French had cereal prizes too. Uh, like what? Like a baguette inside of your cereal box? I don't know, I don't remember. I remember one year we got a bag of dog food and there was a pocket knife in there as like a prize. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, <very> man. Weird. <laughs> Let's move to France where you get a pocket knife in every bag of dog food. That's sick. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, see, for me, there was a, there was a box of Captain Crunch once 
And I can remember it because uh, where we used to store this, this is in, uh, in New Jersey. When I used to live in New Jersey, we had the, the, the cabinet where the cereal boxes were, which is like right below where the giant coffee grinder was that I pulled onto my head when I was a kid and had split my head open and had to go get stitches. And then next to the cereal is where we kept the jar of tang, which I don't think we ever made liquid tang. I would just spoon that stuff. I was one of those spoon tang kids. You know what I'm saying? Where you just like sit there and like, like pound tang with a spoon. Any of you ever had Tang? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tang. Anyway, Captain Crunch had in it a submarine, plastic submarine that you fill with baking soda, and it would, like, putter around with the baking soda somehow. It would, like, make some fizz. I don't remember exactly how it worked, but it was supposed to, like, travel around in the bottom of a glass. And although it didn't work and it sucked and I threw it away instantly... The idea that I would have this miniature submarine, this blue plastic submarine from the Captain Crunch box was, you know, I still remember the anticipation was better than the disappointment of it, of it being terrible. I'm Ethan Frisch, co-host of Why Food and co-founder of Burlap and Barrel, a public benefit corporation working directly with smallholder spice farmers around the world to source unique, beautiful spices for professional chefs and home cooks. We set our partner farmers up to export their own crops for the first time, and they get access to a whole new market here in the U.S., and we get access to spices that other companies can't source. We're honored to work with restaurants including 11 Madison Park, Blue Hill, and Chez Panisse, as well as thousands of home cooks across the country. Visit us at burlapandbarrel.com. Ooh, John Secord's favorite moment, Nastasia. Uh, and this is one that, uh, you know, our, our friend uh, Stephen from La Penultima was there for in the real life. Hands down, my favorite story was the death of wine Santa at the Botanical Gardens. Man. That was good. Do, we, do, Jack, do you want to cue that, do you wanna cue that at, at this, uh, we'll cue it when it gets going at 6.15? It's at the Heritage Radio thing. We're filling it with red wine. This is at the gala, which was a fun event, right? Yes, yeah. yes. So she fills it with red wine. Uh, we get it going. Uh, we have to, she makes me go out to a hardware store. Hours I have to think about this crap. And like get a screw to screw the bowl into Santa's chest, into Santa's sternum, so that the bowl won't <laughs> flip around. So violent. Yeah. And uh, one of the event organizers, I don't even remember who, uh, I don't know whether they were on the Brooklyn Botanical Garden side or on our side. Anyway, I, I'm walking behind her because I have to get napkins to continuously wipe up the dripping red wine all over the floor. And the giant splash of red wine, which, thank God, did not get on the felt plant art that was all over the wall. It almost did, and I spent Tuesday cleaning wine off the wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyways. It was, it was not bad. So this, this lady is walking. I'm walking behind her, and she goes, that's horrifying. <laughs> I want it 86th. <laughs> and then the guy from the botanical garden was like, I don't know if we can... You know the guy I'm talking about. I don't know if we can 86 it. They brought it. It's from the people. <laughs> anyway, so she's like... Ah. So they pull wine Santa. We drain the wine out. And they say, you can't bring wine Santa back out until 9 p.m. Okay. So at 8.30, Nastasia's like, it's 9 somewhere. <laughs> and she goes... She and first of all, there are pictures of this wine Santa, which looks... All beat up, like all like silicone glue and spray paint. Nightmare. And it's turned against the wall like it's being punished in elementary school. She goes, she, there's pictures. So she goes and she pulls it out. This time, Jack Schramm from, you know, uh, uh, Existing Conditions, he's like, let's fill it with vodka instead. And so, Thank God for Jack Schramm. Well, I mean, horrifying. 
in a different way, a warm vodka spout is hard gross. Yes, but it was with, a good with decision. the remains of the Malbec that you had had in it earlier. <laughs> just hard nasty all the way around. So they turn it on. It's I don't know some form of cool in the gang or something they're playing. Santa's dancing. All of a sudden, you see Santa's like, oh, <laughs> so Santa starts. Santa all of a sudden's like, I can't do this anymore. Blah, and Santa just starts tipping forward. So Steve and Hoppy from uh, uh, La Penultima, who came to the event, he's standing next to Santa. He's like, I'm going to save this. Only Santa had already crossed like oh, the yeah. 30 to 40 degree tilt. Oh, yeah. So he iron palms Santa in the chest. As he iron palms Santa in the chest, Santa's head flies right <laughs> off. Santa's head just goes tumbling through the air, flying across the hallway. And then, and then, like, just goes around Steve's hand and just hits the ground and then keeps on dancing in a pile of his own vomit and and vodka. Like, but at least it was and, vodka. And, like, you can't see on the radio because it's not a visual medium, but just imagine your hands just slowly pumping back and forth while your face – well, not even face down. doesn't have a face anymore. Head <laughs> fell off. Like, chest down, dying in your own pool of vodka blood and vomit. And that was the wine set. So then the next day, Nastasi's like, so you're going to help me build that again? I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Version 2.0 or 9.2. Anyway, so like whatever. So I'm like, you know what? So no, she's. This is how Nastasia gets you. This is how terrible (laughs) Nastasia is. Nastasia says, "I have all of the things." She doesn't talk like that. She's right here. You know what she talks like? She's like, "I have all of the things we need to build a pasta flyer." I'm like, "You have nothing that pasta flyer with which to build this." She plans on building it out of spaghetti. She's like, "I have a hand auger and like a and like a screwdriver." I'm like, "Listen." So like I'm like, and then she's gonna take Jack Schramm, the head bartender from Existing Conditions, and waste his free time. He wanted to do it. What? What? He did not want. It. You force people, no, and then you say they want to do it. No, no. Don't anyone say I wanted to do this. I never want to hear that I wanted to do this. So I'm like looking at her and at Jack, and I'm like, you're both idiots. Neither of you a have the skills to do this. Neither do you have the tools. So we went to New Lab with a shop that Booker and Dax, you know, has a, is a member of. And we had to build it, but then we ran out of materials. Oh, God. So we stole some... Well, we didn't steal. Oh, God. Unlabeled wood... Uh-huh. ...is community property. But this guy had just brought it in there. He was still there, but he was working on something else. So I was like, eh. Literally, how long did it take me to turn that thing into pedestals? Five minutes. <laughs> I took a four-by-eight sheet, and I was like, yeah, crap on it. Stable gun. And like with like it's all there, you know what I mean? And like the guy was like he literally turns around and goes, Hey, nice pedestals, where's my wood? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so we had to buy him wood. And now Anastasia wants me to make more because someone rented. Here's what she says. Dave, this is gonna be big money. I'm like, first of all <laughs> For one month a year. <laughs> no, first of all, a- I was like, Oh really? <laughs> You've made three this year. It's cost like it's cost eight years off my life in terms of the anger scale, plus like, my actual time, money, her time that she could have been spending, I don't know, selling freaking Searsalls and centrifuges, stuff like this, getting more of them made. Instead, we're doing this. I was like, oh, how much grand total did you make this year? Well, I'm nothing this year. This is like the fourth year of just, you know, building up interest. <laughs> Next year is when the real money comes. This year's been the year of the Instagram for Wine Santa. Yeah, yeah, Wine Santa. Death of Wine Santa. Strong. 
Uh, Elizio wrote in and favorite was uh, our discussions, which Nastasia will never let me forget this freaking lunch at the Citrus Farm. Right. But the useful advice I gave there was the pretend you're dead advice. So, you know, which I think is good advice. So for those of you that aren't going to go listen to it because we don't have that queued up, the idea is, is that when you're in situations where you wish that you weren't there and there's nothing you can do about it, instead of like constantly thinking, I'm bored, 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 just, I'm on the radio books. I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. Just pretend you're dead and then it's fine. You're just like, oh, I'm dead for like the next half hour, I'm dead. For Nastasia, the half an hour lunch that we had to wait was like eight years of of uh, of, of mental stress it was for her. Two right and a half hours, but whatever. It was not two and a half hours. First of all, there's no videotape of this, and no one's gonna know. We we will get Harold McGee on soon, and we will ask him how long that lunch was. Have we ever discussed this lunch with Harold McGee? I feel that we should bring this one up again with Harold McGee live on the radio. Speaking of, not Harold McGee, but in two, two weeks, John, we're going to have Stephen Jones from the Bread Lab on, and we're going to go nitty, 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 gritty on uh, different tweets and, and whatnot. Um, Patrick Ciccone wrote in and said, Longtime listener, can you find Dave's rant against raps? Rant against raps. It's too long to put in, but I think you're going to add that one later. Am I right, Matt? I hate raps. Uh, man, I hate wraps. For as much as I hate, like, uh, spring roll, as much as I love tortillas of almost any variety, although I do prefer corn for most applications, man, wraps suck. They really are bad. Everyone needs to walk around and then every once in a while, like, think about the fact that wraps are so popular here in the U.S. And they're really just, they're just viciously bad. They're horribly, horribly bad. I mean, you, if you think about this, uh... You're taking an undercooked flour tortilla, which if you were going to do any reasonable kind of cooking, you would reheat on a griddle to kind of make it taste more cooked, right? And then serve it right away in some sort of cooked thing. And instead, you're wrapping it with a bunch of other dense, wet crap, right? And then wrapping it in such a way, almost invariably, that you have too much uh, kind of floury mess on one section and not enough in another, and serving to someone as though it's something they should eat. Have we discussed this before, Nastasha, on the air? I think so. I think Have so. we? Well, it kind of bears repeating. Peter, we've never discussed it before. What do you think? Am I, am I off base here with my with my rap hatred? No, my my soul just crumbled away a little bit just imagining biting into one of those cold, mealy, crumbly tortilla things. Like it's yeah. Not yeah. Good. So so somewhere at some point. Right, and I can't remember when the rap thing happened, but I remember before there were raps. Right, so like you know, when I was a little boy, we didn't get raps. That didn't happen. Right, that was not that was not on the wrist. So some point between the late seventies and the mid nineties, some person who hates food, some person who absolutely <laughs> detests all that is good in life, came up with this kind of horrible rancid idea and has perpetrated it on hundreds of millions of us. Because we've all been served one of these nonsense raps before. And I think, you know, right after you back the MoFad Kickstarter, go tell a friend not to buy raps. You know what I'm saying? I will say this. You know, a lot of times, uh, so back when I was working as an attorney, you know, we'd have these business meetings, right? And there'd be catered food. And 
I'll be honest. A lot of times I opted for the wrap over the sandwich simply because I didn't want to make a mess and it was just easier to eat. I still didn't like it. I still prefer a sandwich. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that this was an, uh, a crime against humanity, as, as you're suggesting, but, you know, it's there is something to be said about how it keeps your hands clean. All right. Well, okay. So let's let's go on this for a second. That's true. However, here's the, here's the thing. Most a, a poorly made sandwich, right, is still better than a well made wrap, right? And but the problem is is that there is very hard to actually construct a sandwich for best taste and also best eatability. You know what I mean? So most people they'll overstuff the hell out of their sandwich, and then it tastes good because the fillings almost always taste good, but it's completely uneatable in a kind of a friendly or not friendly, but a public or business environment because it's just going to be falling all over your plate all the time. The flip side is people that manufacture sandwiches for either maximum eatability or their maximum crazy harebrained idea of health, right? Like those guys, when they, when they make the sandwich, it's like horribly dry and like a dry sandwich makes me almost as sad, maybe in some situations more sad, because it could be so much better with a simple addition of the condiment like mayonnaise or oil as a wrap. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think like the solution... How sad is a dry sandwich? How sad are these two things? A dry sandwich or an undersalted <laughs> sandwich where they, like someone made the chicken salad and oh, they didn't horrible. put enough salt in the chicken salad oh, and it's horrible. also a little too dry and they pack it on that like horribly bad badly made wheat bread that they think is good for you, but it's not because it tastes bad. And there's right? like the bread, the bread to filling combo is just way off. I mean, I, I think the solution really for this is to have tea sandwiches at all business meetings. I love tea sandwiches. Tea sandwiches are good. That is a good, that is a good business meeting compromise. Yeah. But I think, you know, the other issue with bad sandwiches, you know, there's so much bad, like so much of the kind of things that are put out for people to eat are horrible. I mean, I don't know what got me into this mood, but here's another one for you. When you wrap a breadstick with, uh, with ham, right, you gotta realize that, uh, especially the thin breadsticks, like their ability to stay crisp is extremely minimal because any amount of water at all, uh, migrates out of that ham into that breadstick. And now you have like a mealy gooey breadstick and then you have to try and extricate this ham from around it. And, and it's just, it's another, pro- people need to think about moisture migration and putting different products together. Uh, they're going to sit around for a long time when they're worrying about catering things like business lunches. What are your thoughts on the breadsticks and ham? Just moisture migration, uh, ignorance. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, although I, mean, I don't I think I would describe it that way myself. In this but, episode, yeah. just kind of like I'm just throwing a bunch of hate downs for no reason. I mean, I, but, I agree with you in spirit. You know, I'm I'm right there with you. Just perhaps the uh, the uh, magnitude is, uh, right. is you're further out there than me. Well, I also noticed that uh, that what you're telling me is that at the business meeting, you're too much of a sissy to take the sandwich that you like, and instead <laughs> taking the rep. Oh, the hate's being directed this way now. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Well, you know, if you ever come work, anyone who's listening, if you ever come work with us, you got to realize there's going to be a certain amount of hate down getting thrown around at all times. We just can't, we can't, we can't help a little bit of the friendly hate down uh, here uh, at, at either MoFad uh, or Booker and Daxter and Cooking Issues. And Patrick, you'll be glad to know I still hate wraps. They're still gross. Now, a wrap... The, the, the main difference between a wrap and a good, like, flour tortilla thing is 
that a good flour tortilla thing doesn't have a fundamentally uncooked gummy sack of crap being the thing that contains it. That's the main difference, but we'll go into it. Uh, Angela Gabach wrote in, with, you know, uh, by the way, go buy her book. Uh, go buy her, go buy her book. Um, oh my God, the title just went out of my head. From Goldenrod Pastries. Remember the title of the book, Stas? The title of the book just went out of my head. I'm such a jerk. We'll add it in post. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, she also just bought a copy of Nastasia. Well, let me talk about it, but Pie March is on. My, my favorite old cookbook probably of the last three years. Um, I have a lot of favorite memories of cooking issues because it reminds me of great times working with the crew and Dave. Uh, when our friend Eng Su died, Dave made sure to go on air and talk about the mental health strains in our industry. Uh, Nick, uh, Nick, Mindy, and I, that was the old... That's the pre-Nastasia, actually, um, FCI crew. I, I don't... Uh, met, yeah. Yeah. Met in New York City a few weeks later to pay our respects to Eng Su together and join Dave on the show. We had a chance to talk about uh, a great man and his contributions to food in Singapore and beyond. And while I love cooking issues for the rants and laughs, I always, always appreciate that Dave and the crew never steer away from tacking, tackling uncomfortable, sometimes sad topics. We are, we are often uncomfortable. Am I right, Stas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Perfectly golden, by the way. Perfectly yeah. golden. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfectly golden. And, uh, and, and she has these tote bags that say buns, buns, buns that Nastasia, uh, that uh, Jen carries around with her uh, to like picnics and whatnot. Mike Memron wrote in and said, Hey all, 10 years, wow. Dave's uh, favorite is Dave, my refusal to believe that Nastasia actually prefers crappy coffee from the carts. Oh, I, I believe it. I just, you're right, I don't believe it. Uh, the time that you guys ate all that quasi-illegal game meat, uh, anytime uh, that we would bring Booker on the uh, show, uh, and that time that I went off on a tangent, dot, dot, dot. Mm, all right. Thanks us for trekking out to Bushwick. So, Nastasia, I know you didn't like trekking out to Bushwick, but I, what's worse, doing it this way or the trek out to Bushwick? You didn't like doing it either. I don't like going anywhere. Uh, you yeah, specifically... This is better. Did, did you hate... No, come on. It's not nearly as much fun to not be all in the same room. You actually like it better? You become that much of a hermit? I thought my stepfather was the only person who's actually enjoying the full enforced <laughs> solitude of COVID. No, I'm saying I enjoy doing the show like this. I don't enjoy the solitude in all the other parts of my life. So you would like to see everyone but us? <laughs> um, I just don't like going to Bushwick. You took that the right. worst way, and you know it. Yeah, yeah I, did. I, mean, I did. I did. I did. I miss but, all like, the nicknames Stas used to give Roberta's employees. I know. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you guys Roberta's don't even know the important. half of it, people. Yeah. And the, like, a lot of off-air stuff. Yeah. So, 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 Jack, what are your favorite, what are your favorite uh, nicknames that you remember? I'm trying to think of ones that were said on the show. I think Santa's Little Helper was. Well, what'd she call him off the air? You I, came up with that, Dave. I did not. Oh you think God. that I did. That was yours. I, I'm getting off the air now if you can't admit that. That is ridiculous. You always what? do this. You always do this where I'm like, you came up with Harvard and Stone being called the drug front. You're like, no, I didn't. And I'm like, yeah, you did. And then you blame it on me. And same thing for this. Like, I would never come up. I didn't even know what a Hitler youth was. What? <laughs> you never <laughs> learned about the Hitler youth? We call it, well, so basically I, what must have happened is some of these things, I have to be honest, are combinations of Nastasia and myself just bing, bing, binging off each other, and then we end up somewhere. So to give the credit to any one of us doesn't really make sense because it's more just this is the kind of conversation where this person is dressed like an elf. I think that's fair. Stas probably called him an elf. Yeah. 
oh, for sure, Stas called him Santa's, Santa's little, little helper. helper. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like Santa's little helper from a, from a Hitler youth. And then we were like, because he kind of had this kind of like Hitler youth look about him. Kind of did. You know? Yeah, he did. And so then, then I, I don't know who actually said the word Hitler's little helper, but it ended up at that. <laughs> we couldn't use it on air. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, then... Uh, do you still see who, him, uh, Matt? Well, I mean, I, I'm never there. No, I don't. I don't no, think I know. I, I, mean, I don't like, know who he left before is. I did. Probably. Yeah. Who came up with Indie Jesus? Yeah, oh. Indie Jesus. Somebody just wrote in on the chat for Indie, Indie Jesus. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Who Jack actually knew him personally, but not well. Uh, Nastasi, I mean, wasn't that you, Indie Jesus? That sounds like you. Maybe. Stas, that was you, and it was good. Yeah. 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 That yeah. one stuck. He's a very nice guy too. <laughs> well. As Jesus, As Jesus would be. <laughs> you know, and he's not—he's not big label Jesus. He's indie. That's right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No one likes big label Jesus. No. God, always ripping people off, making you do music just to suit the masses and to sell a couple of records. Yeah, you man. need indie Jesus. That's right. Yeah. Uh, what other nicknames did we have? Those are the two that pop in my mind that are like actual nicknames. Nastasia yeah. would make choice comments about individual servers but like those are the ones that she would look out for you well, know what also I mean? freddie mercury but that one just does itself because he does just look like freddie mercury yeah yeah do you have any other ones you remember styles particularly remember. no i can't remember right now my favorite roberta's memory is the like right when we started right so right when we start Nastasia and are like i don't know man because when patrick asked us to do the radio show so, uh, the, again, the, the birth of this was, uh, you know, my mentor, Michael Batterberry, had died. And uh, Patrick was doing a, Patrick Martins, you know, fearless leader, was doing a, um, like a memorial show. And, you know, he knew that he had been kind of my mentor, asked me on, and I did something. At the time, there were only like four shows on Heritage Radio mm-hmm. Network. So Patrick was like, do a show you want to do a show and like there was no like you didn't have to write out what you want to do nothing and I was like you know what Patrick it's like you know you guys you're not uh, you're not really our scene like I do technology and you're more like you know crunchy crunch in the get crunches you know what I mean like you're more like you know you know not really like you kind of you hate everything that I do for a living so I don't know that you kind of want me to have a show on your network and he was like then it's fine. Just, and so, like, uh, I wish we had Peter on to uh, do his pa- Peter oh, Kim. Yeah, he does a punchy, good favorite punchy bag. Peter Kim does the world's greatest Patrick Martin's imitation. Anyway, Ooh, I want that next time. So that's how we started. Uh, that's how we started doing the show. So what happened was is Nastasia and I are like, all right, we're going to show up. We're going to do this show every week. Uh, what do we get? Are you going to do the show during close to lunchtime? Yeah. All right, you get a pizza. Right, Saz? <laughs> I think all the hosts got pizzas. I don't think so because most right people now. weren't recording during service time. Um, there was a time where the pizzas were flowing. Yeah. Oh, and, and we just kept on the pizza parade? Yeah, you got, you got, you got good pizza treatment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's good to know. But Nastasia and I were not allowed to sit with the real people. Oh, right? that's right. Now, listen. If you can imagine that Nastasia and I aren't cool enough to sit with the Bushwick crowd, all right? So, like, we were forced, rain, shine. This is before the tent outdoors was considered a cool zone, right? (laughs) Nastasia and I would hang out in the tent. And, like, I think the second episode we ever did, Stas, remember this? Yeah. Cats and dogs. 
raining, raining yeah, cats and dogs. And, you know, and Nastasia and I are both freaking drowned rats. We made it from Manhattan over to, uh, and we were still at the French Culinary at the time. So, like, you know, we made it from Manhattan over there. We went together back when we were working at the French Culinary Institute. And we're in the thing. We get out. They're like, go wait in the tent. Now, the, at the time, there was no covered way to get from the restaurant to the tent. It was all outdoors. So Nastasia was sitting there under a tent, you know, in that, in that kind of New York raining dark, if you've ever been in New York in a rainstorm like that. And we hear this. Oh, hey. What? 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 Hey, hey, hey. Come get your pizza. It's ready. We're like, what the? He's like, what am I going to bring it out to you? What am I, a waiter? We're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Remember that, Stas? And that's when we knew <laughs> yeah. the level of treatment we were going to get at the Heritage Radio Network. Am I right? Oh, God. <laughs> right, 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 right. Stas and I, and like, I think that was the genesis of us making fun. And I love the Roberta's crew, but that was the genesis of us making fun of that crew was when we got called over to pick up our pizza because god forbid they bring it to us in the in the in the little like you know in the little punishment room that they made us sit in to eat it uh wait i have one i just listened to this the other day live from the bass pro shop why were you guys there why did that happen man that was awesome that was so much fun fun that was nastasia's idea yeah you want to talk about stas we just liked the Bass Pro Shop, and we decided- You loved it, you got me onto it. You turned me onto it. Okay, and um, yeah. Because you went to which one? You went to the one- uh, to Fairfield, the one outside right? of, uh, well, no, 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 that's where we went. Oh, no, we went to, I was at the one in uh, outside of the Patriot Stadium. Yeah, 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 what was that, Soldier Field? What's that called? I forget the name of it. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, she went to this Bass Pro Shop, and she's like, I love it, and you will love it even more. And somehow, how did you convince the Bass Pro Shop that we were somehow a related industry? I have no idea. I have no idea. Was it even sanctioned? I feel like you you guys talk about the Cowboy Grill or something like that. You guys talked about one of the products. I mean, we probably did, but we were like... Was it sanctioned, though? I feel like we were just in the... No, it was sanctioned. It was. Did you have extra access to it or something? Do you remember the lady with the perm who came out and, like, gave us that, like, 10-minute tour? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then set us up in the parking lot? In the parking lot. And, like... And we were in the parking lot, and there were these people coming by. They didn't know why we were talking to them, and we were. And they're like, "This is in Bridgeport, Connecticut, right? You calling it Fairfield? It's in Bridgeport, oh, yeah, right? It's Bridgeport." And so the funny thing about it is, is that Connecticut is a big hunting state, but like that particular area of Connecticut, because it's coastal and it's, um, you know, it's urban. It's not, a, but like there's a lot of people who want, and it's, but it's right on the water. So there's a lot of people who kind of hadn't been served with a place where they could get kind of outdoor gear. So it was a really interesting mix of people who were sick of going to the Cabela's in central Connecticut who came down for the opening, people from on the coast, like local people from Bridgeport. And we were just, and of course, absolutely zero people had any idea why we were there. And we were just accosting random people, asking them questions about cooking. Remember that? Yeah, Yeah. it was real weird. Or there was somebody who had like a hot tip about a restaurateur who was gonna open a place do you remember this? They like they were trying to. There was the cooking issue scoop of like this like New New York restaurant tour that was going to open a place in Connecticut, and this lady in the parking lot at Bass Pro Shop was like your your source. Do you, oh, you don't I recall remember. this? I don't remember who the restaurateur was though. Well, 
Oh, it might have been. I think it was Mario Batali, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds yeah. weird. And it was just like, yeah. who knows? Like, this lady had no idea. It was very funny. Yeah. That was good times. Good times. Yeah. Uh, well, you know why I don't go to Bass Pro? It's so expensive, dude. Bass yeah. Pro, you'd think that, like, it's a big shop that's going to give you some kind of a discount. Not it's consistently expensive. And also, they didn't get on board. Whatever, I'm not going to get into it. Not a political show. Not going to get into it. All right. Uh, Joshua Kuhn wrote in. Favorite uh, was, and I don't even remember doing this, but apparently uh, I joked about someone fatting, fattening me up to feed me to their dog. And, uh, and then I went ape about uh, people not realizing that meat comes from animals. But, I mean, <laughs> I, that sounds like something I would do. It sounds about but right. But I, I have no... I, I, and their, their favorite quote from you... Oh, I guess it was from me asking you whether or not a, a cooked raccoon actually looks like a small child, which it does. Yeah. That was Nastasia's, I think, favorite thing that a... You want to tell that tell that quickly the story about what the uh, the tour guide said. You cooked the raccoon in one of the classrooms at the FCI, and the one of the FCI instructors was giving a tour, and then the person on the tour was like, "What is that guy? What is that guy making?" And then the tour guide that represents the school said, "I don't know, baby." Uh, oh, and then the other favorite rant, which I can't believe we didn't call up, but I, I'm so glad we didn't talk about this when Clara was on the air, but the wedding officiant rant. Oh, that was very good. Yes. That's my favorite. Well, we should, uh, all right, you know, uh, maybe Matt will find, uh, I, I or can, John will find where I can find, try to find that and uh, throw it yeah. in here. I, I should be able to find it. I, I listened to that, and I will have to admit, I was a little harsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. I was a little bit harsh. I will say, I still think what I said was correct. I stand by what I said. However, a little bit harsh. A little bit harsh. Um, then uh, Matt wrote in, Matthew Clark wrote in, they uh, want to hear one of my MSG rants. We don't have the oh, time yeah. to go into it now. I don't know if you're going to find one to, to plug in later. Uh, and uh, the rant on tilapia where in the episode 144, Chugging Diet Coke, where, uh, where, wherein I say that tilapia is best cooked in the trash can. I believe it was your friend Phil Bravo who was calling in to ask about uh, tilapia cooking techniques, and I told him to uh, prepare it by throwing it into the garbage can, <laughs> yep. uh, which is what I still believe. But then John and I went on to that transcript, cookingissuestranscripts.com, and if you type tilapia in that, I basically say tilapia is garbage, like, what, 30 or 40 times over the course of our existence? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's like people say that I go crazy about sandwiches and hot dogs, but really, you bring up tilapia, and I'm like, garbage fish! Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. They, the, the machine transcript believes that I'm saying jasmine. It's not jasmine. In case I'm not pronouncing correctly, it's jasmine is the dirt, and jasmine is the flower. Do you like jasmine, Stas? Yeah, I do, a lot. As a flavor and a flower, both? Um, no, it just has a flower smell. Like the smell, but but what about like tea with it? You're okay. You like I it like the as tea. A tea. Yeah, the tea's good. Okay. Um. Oh, Joe. Joe Ankowitz writes in. I don't know if we have it or whether we don't have time to play it now. I don't know if you can insert it later. But uh, in episode three three three, where I talk about the Jaspiti. Oh, I love that one. I can say this because both my grandparents are dead, but I still have never forgiven them 
for uh, making me leave my mom and stepfather's wedding early. So for what really? Oh yeah. Bec- oh my god! I never told you the story. No. Okay. So my stepfather's family, you know, uh, you know, they're Italian, right? Mm-hmm. The father who died last year is butcher, right? And you know, Gerard was, you know, Gerard is the, you know, the son. And even though typically, you know, my mom's family would have paid for the wedding, you know, grandma and grandpa were too cheap. So, and, you know, they didn't have the money. So Gerard's dad throws this huge wedding, goes all out on the food, all out. So for months, I'm hearing about the food at this wedding, the food at this wedding, the food at this wedding. And how old were you? Uh, How old was I? This, uh, 12, 11, 12. So they tell me, they're like, we're getting this special Italian pastry from the North End. Giuspiti. We're getting Giuspiti. I'm like, Giuspiti? What's Giuspiti? They're like, it's this thing. It's like this, it's like this ethereal, amazing, it's the Giuspiti. Oh, man. Oh, laddie, you're getting the Giuspiti for the wedding? You're getting the Giuspiti? Oh, the Giuspiti. Oh, the Giuspiti. The Giuspiti. Everything, everything. Every day I hear, oh, oh, are you sure you're going to have the Giuspiti? We're like, yeah, we have the Giuspiti. We get the Giuspiti. And then they're like, the day of the wedding, did you pick it up? Did you get Giuspiti? Yeah, Giuspiti. And so, like, you know, I'm waiting for this whole wedding. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm young. I don't drink. It's boring. It's not boring. My mom's getting married, Gerard. So it's great. But we're all sitting around. I'm like, I'm like the whole thing, I'm like, okay, the dinner, great. Yeah, the lamb, great, great, great. All food, food, good. Giuspiti, 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 Giuspiti. They start doing the dancing. They're getting ready to bring out the thing. And grandma and grandpa are like, we're leaving now because we're getting in the motorhome and we're driving back home now. I'm like, no! And I never got to have the freaking Giuspiti. And here's the worst part about it. We get in the freaking motorhome, leave the wedding early, we drive. By the way, my grandparents lived in my driveway for three years in this freaking motorhome. One day they just showed up, <laughs> put the motorhome on blocks, and plugged into our house and didn't leave for three years. When they finally got that thing out, there was dent. There was a dent four inches deep in our freaking driveway from the blocks at this motorhome. Grandma, who only like used electric blankets, she used electric blankets constantly. We constantly blow out the circuits in our house because this freaking umbilical cord coming out of this motor home, which contained, get this, grandma, grandpa, two dogs, and a parrot. I swear to God. Anyway, so they drive back from this wedding, and we end up in the bottom of the driveway, and then they look at me. They're like, do you have keys to get into the house? No! I don't, grandma. I'm 11. Why did I leave my mom's wedding early so that we could drive through the night and end up in a driveway and I can't even get into my house and now I've never had Jaspedia. And to this day, I don't even remember what a Jaspedia is. But when someone's like, I, like, I just walk around sometimes and just go, Jaspedia, 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 Jaspedia. Never have I tried it and I've never been able to figure out what actually the pastry is because that entire generation of Italian uh, people from Medford, they're all dead. Every single one of them is dead. And so I cannot find out what in the heck an actual Giuspiti is. I just know it's the world's greatest pastry and that I will never have one, right? You can't even Google like, it. What? How about how do, you, how do you even spell Giuspiti? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, whatever the auto transcribe says is the way to spell it. It's a right. The other one, of the, time. the other one is that like, there was a, there was a pastry that was that I've never had, uh, the real one. I've made it, and then my stepfather was like, no, not right. Where the pronunciation in Medford was chijadodli. What? Chijadodli. What? Chijadodli. And so like, and and then I'm like, well, what was in it? It's like chestnuts and like in a ravioli with wine fried 
and then with uh, with sugar on the outside. I was like, honey, like a struvoli? They're like, no. And so like, yeah, but I, and so like I tried to find, and there's all these like funny restaurants, uh, sorry, recipes in the in that part of Italy where sometimes they'll have chestnuts and sometimes they'll have chickpeas, right? So I'm thinking the original is like chichi, like ch- chickpea, right? Or chechi. How, how's it actually pronounced, Stas? Chechi. Chechi. So I'm thinking it's like chechi, like a chickpea thing, but I don't know. I can't find it. If one of you can help me out, I'd appreciate it. Um, let me see. Uh, oh, so uh, Michael uh, Nastasia, what uh, he enjoys is uh, when you ask for the demographic information about listeners. Mm-hmm. And he would like you to know that he is 30, married, and that his wife supports his equipment purchases. And over the years, he's built a meat room in his basement with a small commercial meat grinder. So where does that fit with, uh, with, your, with your list? Sounds about right. I mean, sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That is our, I wish you would just accept that that's what our audience is, Dave. Why, what, you're saying that like, what is it that you think that I, You think we have a diverse and equal like man woman ratio and we do. I never said that. Well, whenever I tell you who our demographic is, you're like, that's not true. That's not true. And I'm like, okay. Uh, Oh, first of all. No, you say a lot of things, not just like that it's mostly male. You say a lot of things. Yeah, I right? say mostly And like that's what male. I, you know, I, it, it's, it's not that we're, I would like us to be more diverse and more equal. I would enjoy that. That would be better. Then you right? should stop mansplaining to me and maybe we'd get more feet. What am I mansplaining? You say that, but you won't give me an example. Telling me who our demographic is. I am telling you that I'm not doing that. Okay. <laughs> You can't do that. You can't just bust out a trigger word. You can't just bust out a trigger word and then be like, okay. We're very, very close to the end of the show. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just give, like, so, like, me me disagreeing with you, you consider to be mansplaining? Well, it's never a disagree. It's never just. I can't hear you. It's never just a no. That's not, like, I don't believe what you're saying. It's like, no, and let me tell you why I'm right. Like, always. It's never just a, I don't think that, I don't believe what you're saying. I don't agree with what you're saying, period. Let's move on. It's like, what? you're wrong, wait, wait, wait. and let me explain why every single time. So, so the way that you have a disagreement with someone is you say something, I say something, you disagree, and then that's the end of it. There's no back and forth. When we're on a radio show, I mean, why don't... I mean, isn't the point of a radio show to have back and forth? Why don't we just move on, though? But isn't the point of the radio show to have a back and forth? Yeah. Yeah, but you won't rest until I see it your way every single That's not true. Time. Okay. <laughs> you're right. Oh, you're such a jerk. <laughs> Such a jerk. You know what I mean? What yes. a warm and fuzzy anniversary show. <laughs> yeah, no, this is so on brand. It's fine. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Mansplain. All right. <laughs> and that, thank you to Claire, who's chilling somewhere in uh, Tulum. She's on Do the they... honey trail right now. She's on the honey trail. Uh, is is her favorite still a super buttery, super oaky Chardonnay? Oh yeah, yeah. And am I allowed to talk about Nastasia? Like we should have some goals. We should have some goals for the future. So one person said that they hope that you know we make a lot of money with our next products, and that our you know our choice is which which helicopter we get to uh, ride in. Uh, you know when it's ten years from now. 
Although I have never ridden in a helicopter. Nastasia is the helicopter aficionado. Do you even like like is, do you notice a big difference between the different helicopters you've been in? Yeah, that's yes. Let's not talk about that. Well, what's the good brand? Is there a known good brand? Who cares? Uh, apparently, the listener does. Who is that's the reason why we're here. Um, so, what what do you want to have happen in the next ten years? Uh, we will have sold our company. Um... Here's the thing: what? How much money in ten years' time? When your friend comes over to your house, what kind of bottle of wine are they bringing you? I think it's some kind of real champagne. All right, so that's like they're bringing what? What is it? It's like a it's like a Krug. It's a thirty dollar invest. Oh, what? Right? I, I said Krug, but yeah, thirty. Oh, Krug, Krug. <laughs> you better get a new set of friends and coworkers. I like I, I can bring it. If, if if we're both rich, then it's not a problem. But like you know, you're not gonna like you're not gonna not invite your friends who aren't at Krug level, right? Right. 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 You, you would still prefer. Yeah, but like. You would prefer nothing to the yellowtail, is that right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah, duh. yeah, yeah. Yellowtail. Wait, is yellowtail? They make all the different flavors, right? I think so. Then that's is that your least favorite of all of them? Chardonnay yellowtail or Shiraz yellowtail? Blah. Oh, that sounds gross. Nah, what do you nah. want in ten years, Dave? Wait, let me guess. You're gonna say I don't know. I don't really know. No, explain to me what I want. Uh, no, I don't see. <laughs> no, you. I, I say you're gonna say. No, no, explain to me. Explain to me what I want. I have no clue. I just asked you. Uh huh. What do you want? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, what do you gonna say? What do you want in ten years? Um. Well, I want you to have been wrong by many years on when the book is finished. Okay. Um, I. I want I want the next product to be successful and in you know, yeah. I also agree. I wish we I, I I would like for us to get in a position where somebody with some money wants to uh, buy the business so that it, it can expand more, right? Yeah. So that we're not having to worry about every shipment of a thousand spinzalls, and so that poor John doesn't have to FaceTime a bunch of people who have trouble getting their spinzalls open. Am I right, John? Yep. I have to do that in twenty minutes, actually. Ah, oh, jeebus. Uh, yeah. That's pretty much it. Oh, I know what I want. I want uh, Jen and I to get another place outside the city that she designs and we build fresh so I'm not dealing with anybody else's quote-unquote existing conditions. And we're going to have the sick outdoor kitchen. And if I'm super dupe rich, I'll, I'll get that Kalamazoo grill, that $8 billion Kalamazoo grill. I don't even know if it cooks better. I just want that thing. I want a grill where everyone signs the inside of it after they build it. You know what I mean? What uh, is your bar opening? You want to give it a plug? Uh, well, we're supposed to be opening for uh, takeout and outdoor dining this Thursday, uh, assuming that, you know, everything doesn't get shut down again. Everything everything is always in flux as the rest of the country keeps getting re-hit again and again and the numbers go up and down. Everything's in flux, but the plan is to be open um, on Thursday with outdoor dining. We have a platform with some planters outside, um, so that should be fun. Uh, I won't actually be able to be there this week, weekend, unfortunately, but I'll probably be there the weekend after to uh, check it out. Um, what about you, Jack? What do you got for the next 10 years? And I just want to be happy. I want to learn jazz piano. Wow. You know, play in a group with Stas. <laughs> wow. I just quit like a half hour ago, Jack. So. Oh, damn. All right. <laughs> I'll take your place. Oh, wow. Place, 
Yeah, yeah I want to be happy. That's it. Actually, Matt, what I about you? To, I actually hope to open a place in D.C. Um, that's kind really? of really yeah. Uh, 2024. I'm looking at some kind of small venue bar situation. So that's my next project. My word of advice: plan for social distancing. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about D.C. right? The thing about New York and D.C. is that we're so tourist driven for different things. That's what that's mm-hmm. what I don't understand. That's that's why it's kind of hard for me to figure about the future because I don't know what the future of the tourist business is. Right. You know? Correct. So, like, you know, you, I visited some small towns and I feel good about their um, their hospitality business in the sense that, you know, as soon as people can go out more, you know, those places are local and I think they're going to, you know, you know, do well. But it's the places that require... Um, it's the places that require a lot of tourism and travel that I'm just kind of, you know, or like, you know, financial hubs and things like that, like New York or government hubs like D.C. I just don't know. So I'm 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 hopeful, but I, I don't know. It's hard to plan. It's hard to plan for the future. You know, sure is. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Matt? You're going to be heraging for the next 10 years or what? I have no idea. I mean, I, I, I would mostly echo the sentiment. I'm having a hard time predicting things out for four weeks from now. So, no, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. What about what about you, John? Uh, not a clue. No? Right now. Yeah. Well, my hope, my, hope, my hope is that, uh, you know, that the museum gets going back strong again, the Museum of Food and Drink from whence yeah, we got John. Cool. And that, uh, you know, those jobs just uh, keep coming and that, you know, everyone can go back and work at the museum and their jobs will grow with the institution. That's what, that's what I hope for the institution. So anyway, we'll look back in 10 years if we're alive and see where we got. Thanks for listening, folks. Cooking Issues. Cooking Issues is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.